five in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, we have got a special, special show. Big, big show tonight. We are talking to a true superstar, reggae royalty tonight. I'm a huge reggae fan. And uh, not just any musician on the show tonight. No, it's another first on the No Outlet Podcast. Not only was our guest the lead singer of the legendary group, The Wailers, but he has also been nominated for multiple Grammy Awards. Uh, He is part of the Judah tribe and is related to Aston family man Barrett. And we're super excited to have him on the show. We saw him at an event in Maine a few weeks ago, and we were like, we got to talk to this guy. He is just so good. His music's incredible. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to him about his, uh, his origins in music, um, what reggae music means to him, and a few other topics. So without any further delay, please give a warm, no-outlet welcome to Josh David Barrett. Josh, thank you so much for your time. I love brother. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, you know? Absolutely. So um, I've got so many questions for you. Um, I'm going to try to start, you know, with the ones that are broadest and kind of narrow in a little bit. So, so tell me, you know, how, how did you get into, you know, music in general, but more specifically, and obviously you've got family that are legendary reggae musicians, but how did you, you know, go onto that path? Talk to me about your origination with just being a music fan, playing music, and then ultimately, you know, getting into reggae music? Well, I'll tell you, the, the, the root is where the fruit come from. I was blessed to grow up in what we call New Jerusalem. Uh, you know, another way you could have said is a Jersey boy, you know? <laughs> okay. But um, So I grew up... Um, I didn't grow up in Jamaica, although my family is Barrett. That's part of my my mother's paternal side okay. is where the Barrett comes from. So still, we are a musical family. Any which part you look upon, we're still musical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so my mother is where I have to start with. She, my mother is where reggae music come from for me personally because mm-hmm. my mother brought me up. My mother's favorite song was My Boy Lollipop by Millie Small. Yeah. See? And it's not coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence, but my mother and both Millie Smalls went to their rest in the year 2020. Jarrest and so mm. You know, so there was a, a deeper connection, you know, to that song. And my mother, she had her, her, her list of songs that she made myself and all of the cousins then sing. So when it comes to reggae music, you know, it was a gradual. I almost feel like I grew up in the 60s because I didn't start with reggae music. I started with ska. And mm-hmm. she loved Jamaica. Ska was her favorite. Dumb song, there was her favorite tune where she loved. You know, so that's, uh, and alongside with, you know, the family, my family, Barrett family, we all grew up in church. You know, my grandfather was um, a, a preacher. Mm-hmm. And my uncle then minister. So I grew up in church, you know, and my grandfather helped build the church that I grew up, you know, when, when I learned to play music, you know, and starting out on drums. You know, my cousin, who was like my brother, Shawnee, he taught me drums, you know, and, and my brother and I played in church with Willie Brown, 
Slimmy McIntyre, you know, we was the band. We were young lions coming up then, but that's where I learned to play bass and also to sing because we had another brother, Sterling Johnson, who was, um, along with those two brothers I mentioned, we were like, um, if you will, like a, a Christian voice to men. We had a group that uh, the, the, this, the group member, Clemmy, his mother, Jarrest Herschel, Clemmy McIntyre, named us Young Ambassadors for Christ. So we were playing instruments and we were singing. Mm. And the third part of that is the jazz, the, my love for freedom music, where uh, long before I grew up in my locks, I grew up, you know, in the local barbershop that my uncle Danny and the, the um, sons of the proprietor were in a group, a local group together named Bingo and had songs that was released, you know, worldwide. Right. And in that barbershop with my uncle, they used to carry me when I was a young lad. We used to hear jazz music and, you know, all of, you know, our Earth, Wind and Fire and this and that and yeah. Gladys Knight, you know. So that was my musical upbringing until, you know, in middle school, I hear reggae music with my brother Tim who you hear on Judah Child album. He's um, playing and producing on, uh, co-producing on some of the works. Mm -hmm. But he put me on to Bob Marley and the Wailers, you know, legend album. And I, the first thing catch my eye was, the man name is Barrett. <laughs> you know, I went yeah. really to the, and the message then. It was just the fact. I said, well, my cousin then is playing, you know, playing bass and drums. So me and my brother was playing bass and drums. So that's that where that started. <laughs> Amazing. What a great story. I, I was taking notes as you were talking because I didn't want to interrupt you, but I got to tell you a couple things that you said that really stuck out. So first of all, you've got the, the best New Jersey accent that I've ever heard, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> by, by a long shot. And, um, and I love the fact you said you don't believe in con uh, coincidences, and, and neither do I. Uh, and I. And I think that everything whether we can see what it is when it happens or it takes us months or years later to realize why. And in some cases, coincidences or, or, or occurrences, I should say, happen, and we're never really sure why, but there yeah. was definitely a reason. So I, I love that thought. And uh, Lollipop's a great song. That's a, that's a you know, it, that was, we were, you know, Americans were being given ska music before they even know what's, knew what ska music really was. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, excellent. Okay, cool. So, Bob Marley and the Whalers was one of my all-time, you know, favorite, uh, still to this day, musical groups. I've got, you know, tons of of live recordings, all their CDs. Um, and my my father, uh, who who passed away last year, was a huge Bob Marley fan. Kind of got me into it. Um, so it, it's just such a, an amazing um, tradition that you were you were a part of, you know, you were the lead singer of that. So, so let's talk about that for a second, because to be, you know, and you were there when the, the Whalers kind of re released their first album. And I think it was 20 or 30 years. Right. Um, and, and you were the lead singer. So let's talk about that. How did you get uh, that to occur? Like what was the process of that transpiring and having you be the lead singer of, of the Whalers? Well, I, first and foremost, I have to say it is the will of the Most High, Jarastafari, and Pahadis Lashes first, you know, and it's an honor and to be in a position to carry on the mission, you know? Mm -hmm. and, um, when I was first introduced to 
um, my role when I first received the calling to reggae music um, is almost is almost twenty years now. But um, I remember being on tour with group Kevin Jones and Tenth World, and we played um, Afro Cuban music, world music, and Kevin Jones was the percussionist percussionist for the Isley Brothers, Whitney Houston, and still leads his band in Michigan now. So um, we were on tour in Atlanta at the time, and um, I was inspired at some time drawn toward reggae music. So I just follow my iris, you know, and the people roster where I meet in Atlanta confirmed that that um, inspiration, that leading. So when I got home, I was inspired, you know, in my sleep and waking with uh, message music, mm-hmm. you know, as I called it then. And this was all 2004. So I started writing pen. And, you know, the next year, 2005, um, by the time I prayed, uh, okay, this thing must be serious. So what is the, the name of the unit that you have? I and I to assemble, and you said Judah Child. Mm-hmm. So I'm say, all right, Judah Child is the band. So is a, right before in time there, in that time period, I went to see, me and my brother Tim went to see the Whalers um, at the Apollo in Harlem mm-hmm. and Israel Vibration opened for them. Beautiful, excellent concert. Wow. And um, me and Tim snuck backstage after the concert because at the time, um, my firstborn was in the womb, Jeremiah Aston Barrett. Hence, you know, we're Aston Barrett, you know, named after the great man himself. Right. But I snuck backstage. I said, I'm family to Aston Barrett. <laughs> and they didn't question me. I see a young Rasta, you know. So they let me backstage. And we kind of reasoned a little bit with a the man then. I didn't meet family man then. But I saw him when Jeremiah was born. He was two years old. And I at must, it was in Brooklyn. And I took him to me. I said, you must meet my son. I named him after you. And we're Barrett. And our family roots is from Jamaica. We are blood. There's a picture of that. Um, that we have, wow. but fast forward now to 2012, um, Judah tribe, we were in our home state, New Jersey, and we get a call from uh, New Jersey performing arts center to do our third, maybe our third or fourth, maybe performance there for open for the whalers. And so what a great honor Judah tribe open for whalers. And, you know, I met Aston jr. At that time. And we spoke, you know, we kind of kept the link two times and spoke of doing some musical works together. But never the Whalers. I remember, you know, it just never my, never crossed my mind, you know, something that was kind of, that was, you know, kind of high thought. It, but um, I remember Aston said to me one day, well, I'm with a, with a love for bringing in Whalers, but the thing, you know, kind of lock up, lock tight right now. And say, you know, you know, if I saw a job with, well, the time came it was Ja Will, you know, as a brethren uh, from the temple inspired me said, mm-hmm. brethren, if you can go out and do Ja works and a, and a door open for you, just go on through. Mm. And remember Link Aston said, if anything open up where musically you can use I and I, let me know. And the man called me on September 27, Rastafari Day, 2014. And tell me, say, would like me to audition three tunes for Join Whalers under um, the guidance of his father. So I was, co- uh, not coincidence, it occurred 
as you say, good word, that um, Chris Blackwell was at this same party wow. when I got this call. So he got to speak and reconnect with Aston Jr. And, you know, it was that was the beginning. I started the following year in January, um, the end of January 2015. And um, from 2014, Aston and I started working on music together until up and until, you know, um, the One World album. Wow. Then That's I incredible. That is so cool. Incredible. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it's so amazing to me how, you know, oftentimes the things that are the biggest in our lives are the ones that we, you know, it's like there's no forcing it. It's just, it's, if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Um, sure. and just allowing it to happen. And that's, uh, that's a great example of that, uh, obviously. So, you know, a common theme with, with reggae music and, and obviously being a fan of Bob Marley and, and the Whalers opened me up to so many other artists and going back in time and, and trying to figure out, you know, the, the, the ska sound and Lee Scratch Perry and, and the origination and the progression of the music all the way up. So it's opened up a whole new, you know, it opened up at the time a whole new category of music. And, and one of the things that really that, that touches that touches me specifically is the whole idea of, you know, one love. And I, I really connect with that idea as it seems clear to me that we're all part of the same energy, the same consciousness. And, you know, I was hoping to get your perspective on on one love. You know, is, is am I looking at it the right way? Is there a different way to look at it? To me, it's just, it's so... It's so universal. It's so basic. It, everybody is part of the same fabric, and I wanted to get your, you know, your perspective on that. Well, I would have to say the eye is in tune with the right vibration because one love um, deal with that togetherness, and I think Christ put it perfectly when he said, you know, and and Christ was quoting Moses by the way, when I said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and might. Mm-hmm. And the second thing add to that, Christ did say, where even Moses said, love your neighbor as yourself. So if we love our creator, then we must love ourselves. And That's if right. we love ourselves, then we can rightfully love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, there's a balance and order to it so that we don't become chaotic and devilish. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. That's incredible. I love that. Um, so when you're not listening to, obviously you, you had, a, you know, you kind of learn music by playing in the, the band at the church. And I love the, the story about the young ambassadors for Christ. And so you were introduced to music, you know, outside of the, the reggae, you know, influence directly. And then it kind of found you. But right now today, when you're not listening to reggae music, if you just want to chill out and listen to some tunes, what's your favorite music that's not reggae? Boy, well, I listen. I listen to Ethiopian churchical music. You know, every just about every day. I would say every day, mm. because um, to start my morning is a good meditation. You know, but by the time you know noon starts, I might slip on um, the iTunes and put it on shuffle, and you could hear a cast of things. You could hear. Duke Ellington, you could hear mm. Billy Holiday, you could hear Slum Village, you could hear Led Zeppelin, you could hear Teddy Afro, you could hear Thomas Dunker, you could hear enough things. Uh, you, you know, reggae music, of course, because 
all of those things. But, you know, I listen to all kind of styles. Stevie Wonder, Jackson 5, Michael Jackson, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm open. Um, Ray Charles, I don't know, Nina Simone. I just love music. I love I love African music. Um, Ali Farka Toure, uh, Umar Sangare, mm. uh, um, Bob Dylan. My mother's classics, Bob Dylan. You know, certain song where Hey Mr. Tambourine Man. Yeah. You know, sometimes all the Beatles me love listening to. You know what I mean? While my guitar gently weeping all. Um, just love music, man. Good music. Yeah, that's that's amazing. You're you're like listing it off, and it's like every every uh, every one of those is a classic in my mind, and um, it's really great because I think the thing with music is if you really have respect for the art form of music, then you can respect and appreciate any type of music that's made from the heart. It doesn't really matter what the genre is. You know, if it's made from a place of truth and from the heart, then you, sh- you know, and you're listening to it in that same way, you can appreciate anything. So that's really cool to hear such a, you know, variety of, of different artists there. That's awesome. Um, so as yeah. I meant, yeah, go ahead, please. Well, I would say life is a soundtrack. Music, you know, is a soundtrack and it have moods, you know. So it's like, I'm, I'm also cognizant of the fact that it can, uh, everybody have a story to tell, yes, in, in an art form, but we also have to guard our gifts because everything where make a sound is not a, a positive vibration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, even if you have speak and are, 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 are deal with darkness in a sense where you, you highlight it for a, for a season, for a moment, mm-hmm. there has to be a light at the end of that tunnel. Because me as mankind, I have to know say good over evil in the end. Because that's what me follow every day. So if you are going to show, say, the devil, show him head, show out the most high job, kill Crump and paralyze in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. That's really cool. Um, so a tough question here uh, mm-hmm. up front. But, you know, you were able to, I mean, again, we both had a love for Bob Marlon the Whalers. You were, you know, talented, uh, talented enough to be in a position where you got a chance to sing all those songs, right? Is of mm. all the amazing songs that they have in their catalog, is there is there a song or two that you really just enjoyed so much singing and being a part of more than another? Well, I would have to say two songs. Um, Rastaman Vibration mm. and Get Up Stacked Up. Yeah. And I'm have to sneak in Exodus and War too because I'm, I'm tuned as like uh and it's anthem, you know, and it's like yeah. it, it, it's powerful when you really put it together, you know. We give thanks for the legacy, living legacy of Bob Marley and the Whalers, Peter Bunny, M Bob, Cherry, mm. but Sister Beverly Carol, so all you know, vision. Dream everyone will participate, you know, the Wayless band, past, present, future, because yeah. it's all a part of the work that works, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And in fact, you know, you mentioned Bunny and, and Peter. Peter Tosh, some of his music was some of my favorite as well, you know, some of his solo stuff. He did some amazing work mm, true. In, the, in the late 70s, early 80s, and, and onwards. So that's, uh, that's true. really cool. 
Um, all right, so as I mentioned earlier, we were lucky enough to see you perform in a gunk with Maine. Uh, amazing show, uh, Judah Tribe. If you guys get a chance to go check them out wherever they are, I highly recommend it. At the end of the interview, we're going to get to where people can catch up with what you're doing. But did you get a chance to, you know, how long were you in Maine for? Did you get a chance to kind of drive around, experience Maine, and see the coast? And if so, what were some of the highlights for you of being in that part of, of the country? And we didn't get too much time. We had the fact it's interesting. The land that I was in Maine, um, maybe I got once or twice with us, but that's because the joint whaler. So, but circle there with you to try, you know, was like time travel and a blessing and energy was there. It was, it was beautiful. You know, we, with what short time we did, it have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a great part of the country. It's uh the coastline of Maine is is amazing. Um did you get a chance when you were there at, at the Reggae Garden, did you get a chance to try the cold pressed juice that they had? Oh, I'm afraid I've been on I would have been first, but we have to circle back again. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a, there was a really there was a little juice uh, truck like a like a trailer, and they were selling uh, organic uh, cold pressed juice and um, by a company called Everyday Boost. And uh, I know that they they usually try to hook up the band with some uh, with some juice. I don't know if you got a chance to try it or not. Um, but yeah, reason to come back to Maine. There you go. Then you can try it. Um, so, what is your favorite food? to either prepare on by yourself or with your family um, or just your, your favorite food in general. But I'm thinking not so much out at a restaurant, but talk to me about uh, what you consider like an amazing meal at home. Mm. It's more, it's like a, a contraction of styles, you know, um, African, uh, East, Far East African, what it's called Mediterranean, mm-hmm. and and some of you know with country, country style, you know, put together like um, some kind of fish where we might boil in a stew, you know, we we love cook with coconut milk and things, tomato and thyme and scallion olives sitting there, and could it be you know all um couscous and, you know, some kind of bean or something, you know, or some vegetable mix, kale or spinach or something like that. And we like with seasoning, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we use all the seasoning and, you know, turmeric, cumin and pepper and all of them sitting there. So, you know, like sea salt specific. And then, you know, like we like to fry up some ban- uh, banana too, what you call, what you call um, those saddles are, you know, fried plant. They love them things there too. Yeah, yeah. And then some ital juice. Like me as a man love blend juice same way. So we could have made some, you know, watermelon and, and pine with mint or cucumber, something kind of mixed there. Yum. That all sounds amazing. <laughs> now you were mentioning uh, you listen to Ethiopian church music. Have you ever, do you know uh, Marcus Samuelson? Yes. Yes, I've played at the Red Rooster. I haven't met him, but I've played at the Red Rooster 
with um with Virgin and uh Ben made also um Soul Understated play down there. Amazing. Yeah, I yeah, really, beautiful stuff. I really like the way he, he approaches, you know, the, the craft of food. He's not just about putting out more restaurants, making more money. He's trying to help people, he's trying to do it the right way. He's uh he's a great ambassador in, in a lot of different ways. Um yeah, man, I love the fact when I have live music in up settings and, you know, he, he keeps the Ethiopian culture alive for those, of, you know, especially in Harlem because enough people don't know the history of Harlem from Marcus Garvey days and the effort to ignite a consciousness, reignite a consciousness amongst lost Israelites of the diaspora, you know, from yeah. the, the um, Abyssinian Baptist Church and you know, um, Adam Clayton Powell Jr., who was not just a preacher, but a politician, you know, like being in them place there where it's might to come and bring the, the cross there to the church and throw them place for next and all on history there. You feel? Yeah, you, you broke up. There. Something oh, there. there you go. You broke up there for a little bit, but um, I, I heard most of what you said, but you broke up at the end. Uh yeah, man, it's a big up Marcus Samuelson, and hopefully we can have Judah Tribe there. It's good to have, you know, keep Ethiopia alive in the consciousness, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and there's a million different ways to get a message across, you know what I mean? Like, music is one way, food's another way. Um, and and I, I agree with you that any way you can keep um, whatever message you feel passionate about, um, the best way for you to keep that in people's minds in a positive way is, is the way to do it. And that's certainly what he's doing. So, um, that's great. Yeah, man. Food and music is a good way. It's a great combo. <laughs> it's a great combo. It's true. So when you, so when you, you've got an um, amazing taste in music, um, you know, and, and let's just say that, you know, you want to just chill out long tour. You got back from a few shows and you just want to, you want to laugh at something. You just want to put something on that's silly Makes you laugh a little bit, takes your mind off things. What what TV show or movie do you watch when you just wanna just wanna laugh? When I wanna laugh to watch Chappelle's show. Yeah, there you go. That does it. <laughs> they, gotta yeah, bring, they gotta bring that back. Yeah, I wonder what that would look like. Yeah, in, in today's world, it, uh, Lord have His mercy, the world has changed this from them time even to now. This is true. But you see, I, I respect the comedian because them get away with saying things that is me say people would look for crucify me in, in our next breath. But somehow the comedian get away with speak truth to people and that's good because we, we, we're supposed to can laugh at ourselves and then do better, you know? Yes, absolutely. Well, that's the whole idea, right? I mean, I think a big part of it is being able to look in the mirror and, you know, accept things that, you know, might not be perfect about yourself, but you can laugh at it and then you can kind of learn from it. And I think the minute sure. that we're, we stop having the ability to do those things, we're, we're limiting ourselves as humans because if you, if you stop being able to be open to a different perspective on what you might do or think or, or feel, then you're, you're limiting your growth. You know what I mean? And, uh, and again, sure. comedy is a good way to do that. Yeah, man, that's what Reference Christ again because through his, his Majesty Emperor Alice Lassie first said of Christ that 
we all should follow his exemplary life, you know, irrespective of one religion, you know, that the life we live, we all can learn from. It's a simple thing, too, where if your parents tell you to drink water, then yes, you have to drink water because you want to sustain life. Your organs, everything have to go flow and work together, one, you know, as one unit. But the next thing where Christ comes to give we, which along with the Holy Spirit come fire. Mm. So when you're baptized with water and you cleanse the repentance and you wash anew and you accept it, a man like Christ could uh, pay a price for I and I consciousness upon earth so we don't have to serve our lower nature. With that, you keep the fire blazing. Yeah. You know, and that for me is the essence of the gospel, you know, to every individual. If we all maximize that within ourselves, then we'll be pleasing sons and daughters to our creator. Mm. You know, so yeah. it's a simple thing like water. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Very well said. I love that. Um, so uh, if do you own a do you own a pet? Do you have a dog or a cat or something or? <clears throat> no, I don't. I had a cat one time that that passed, but I haven't had a cat. I next pet I want no lion, a lion. I want a lion. I go have to move to Ethiopia, but want a lion. <laughs> that would be an amazing pet to have, Mike. Mike Tyson had tigers, but I don't know if I've ever heard of somebody having a lion. That would be something. Yeah, but I'm not going to need a lioness, too. And I'm going to have plenty of space for roam around so I don't have to chase me around. That's, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. I like that. Yeah. Um, so reggae music always, for me, every time I hear it, it just... It takes my mood to a good place. It calms me down, puts a smile on my face, and I feel like it's got that instant, instant reaction to most people that hear it. Um, don't you think that it'd be a good idea if we just had, you know, reggae music playing in areas where people are normally heightened, like going to the doctor's office and you're waiting in the waiting room, maybe a little bit of reggae music. You're in the elevator. Everyone's kind of, you know, comfortable. Play a little reggae music. I, I think anywhere that people have to wait, like when they go to the DMV to register the car or they've got to mm. go pay the tax bill, it's like anywhere where you're doing something that's not really all that fun and maybe a little stressful, just throw a little bit of reggae music in there, and I think it might even things out. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, well, first, I'm going to give a shout-out to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, your name, Rachel. Where a DJ in Sprouts Market grocery store the other day when I walk as they hit the door, Exodus start playing. And I had to ask the cashier, I said, Who is the DJ? And I believe she said, A Rachel, I run the song in Sprouts Supermarket. So big up yourself, sister. Yeah. But you see, them kind of, and after that, Gregory Isaac played. So, you know, me love Sprouts for that. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is crucial because Peter Tosh did advocate and fight for that, for reggae music to be propagated more. You know, the UN recognizes it as a valuable music. And the UN is, uh, is Emperor Haile Selassie I, who is one of the founders of the UN. So, of course, reggae music, which is fruit of his labor, should be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And we, Rastafarians, Haile Selassie, I look at his majesty as, the, the revelation of God the Father on earth. So when we sing reggae music, it is one love. It's the love of the Father. 
for mankind. That's why what this whole thing is about. That's what Christ comes to, to bring me back or forward to is the love of the Father. So when you play that reggae music, even if you're not Rasta, it don't matter. Love is universal. That's right. Right? So we all can get in tune with that vibration. And in that, we all forget, say, me is black and and I'm on white, or we forget we is male and female, or this and that, and priest and pauper, and all of these things. We just become one humanity as God created us. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the less labels that we put on people in general, the better. And at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. And that's, uh, that's so true and so important to keep in mind. And it's harder and harder to keep in mind because there are more and more labels being put on everybody in every situation. But if you kind of strip all those away, um, the, the picture becomes a lot clearer. You know what I mean? Yes, I mean everything where Jah create have an essence. Right. When he made man, he make male and female, and that polarity. When he make plants, he also made plants male and female. Everything have a polarity and duality. Man himself is a duality. Every individual is made up of their father and mother, mm-hmm. who is expressed as as either male or female. You know, everything in nature have that 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 uh, that relationship. So we just, we want within ourselves as humanity to come forward into that balance again. You know, I think that is what, um, where we get misguided is we lose the essence and we focus more on, like Bob Marley said, slogan. We can't take the slogan no more. Mm. You know, because if, 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 we, if we live off black and white, then we, we lose the essence of all the things we can learn from one another. Yeah, in, and in America, sadly, racism is the Joker that still say is the is the card can overthrow the King of Kings, and we say no, you can't overthrow Haile Selassie government, his work and legacy because it is truth, and then a Joker, and a joke philosophy or myth philosophy can throw you off the path of advancing humanity in a righteous and godly and a loving way, and the only way to do that is through truth not true smoke screens of racism that is propagated and, and hatred. We have to teach children in school to love themselves as is, as you were born and as you were created. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be nothing tear you away from love of self from any point in a, your development. So we have to teach the children to love, yes, your creator, and love how it make you. That's because right. we all learn from one another, irrespective. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very well said and uh, very important uh, perspective, especially, you know, nowadays. Um, so you let, let's shift gears a little bit. You've been you've toured all over the place for years and years. You've been all over the country, around the world. How, how many times have you been on tour and that and you've seen a UFO? Yo, you see that question there? Oh, Lord. You're starting something because I was just all right. Since you're in the mystical cipher, I'm gonna just give it to you straight. I love it. All right, I was talking to um, some of my brethren um, this morning, and we were reasoning about um, signs of the times and such, and through like the book of Second Esdras in the Bible, 
in the Apocrypha, we talk about certain signs of the times and the flashing of lightning and chariots. Well, one of the videos that I looked up was showing one of the chariot them um, flashing like lightning and then making circles and dipping and such, you know. And you you can tell the difference between a hologram and something where it's not man-made, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So now I would say on my tour, in my touring life, I would say about two times. But here, here's the wow. thing. The first time uh, was in Hawaii, and it come like a, a light where it was in between these buildings, and the light like it a dance, but it, it disappeared after a while, and I watch it. But a, a next thing where what happened was uh, whalers played some place, uh, either, I think it was on the East Coast, maybe Virginia or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But we were inside playing, and there's a lot of mystical, crazy energy that day. But while we were inside, one of the Mon Panwick crew kept a video while people were outside, smoked them, sniff or whatever. Sight the chariot of fire behind the bus, a circle round until it disappeared. Mm. So I have video proof of it. But, you know, them kind of thing there. It's either me is around it when it happened. Like, I'll never forget. This is a true story. Being in California with a band called Little Jackie. Mm -hmm. And um, we had done some shows there. actually ran into um, Neil, Keanu Reeves from The Matrix. And if, if you listen to this, I'm sorry I didn't speak or say anything. Like, it was kind of shocked me. I was sitting right next to Neil, literally at the bar. <laughs> you know? But, you know... So it was, all right, that was mystical enough. That night before we left the hotel, I had, the hotel had these big windows. And I was like, I want to see a, a craft tonight. So I left my windows open and I started to fall asleep. But something made me jump up and close the window because I just had a feeling like you're going to see more than you, than you asked for. Mm -hmm. So I closed my windows. We went down lobby car, went to the to the to the van. All the band load up. It's quiet, and then all of a sudden you hear the lead singer Imani say, "I saw a UFO last night." Mister <laughs> Bonfuckler, I want Mister Cross. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man, in the shape of a, a what they call a cross, but in Ethiopia we call it mescal. But she said it, it had the shape of a cross, and it came like Amazing. within. Her window, so no, no, no. I just one of them things. That is incredible. So that, so first of all, I love those stories, and I, I thank you for sharing them. And I actually uh, had had something similar as well. And it's always interesting to hear everybody's perspective because I think a lot of people see stuff like that, and they're not really sure what to make of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They'll see something and their and their brain isn't really ready to receive the fact that that might be something other than what we know. And so it just kind of like, they kind of just push it away. So I think a lot more people have experienced that type of thing. And then they just think, oh, I was just seeing things or that was, you know, it was a reflection or something else. But um, it, it's, it's really wild that you like, you know, you close the curtains that night and the next time it was just like somebody saw it. Inc incredible, you know? And yeah. I mean, 
I've seen the chariot of fire myself, the chariot itself, you know, but like that was just on home and repose, you know, and right. And yeah, you just look up in the sky and yeah. But yeah, it's mystical things. <laughs> mystical. That's what it is, man, for sure. Um and where do you call home right now? Uh where, where do you live at? Home Friday is Arizona. Okay. Awesome. That's cool. I got a few friends out in Arizona. That's uh that's great. The desert. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's the desert. Um, okay, so uh, let's get down. We get two questions left. Um, the, the last question is the easiest question of all, but uh, you are still in uh, the Judah tribe. You guys are incredible. So, are there is there anybody else in the band that you'd want to call off and, and maybe give some uh, uh, additional airtime to? I mean, you guys had an amazing. Uh, the keyboardist that was there was so good. Everybody was so good. And you guys played so well together. You guys were tight. Like, you guys really sound um, like you've put a lot of hours in together, and, and it can, you know, it shows. It shows. So is there any, what would you like to say about the Judah tribe that people might not know about? Well, it's, um, it's a, a family unit. We've been together, oh, Lord, long time. Let's say almost 20 years. Wow. Yeah. So where you, the band where you see um, the young keys man was my uh, for my thirteen year old son's first time playing keys with us. No way, that was your son. Yeah, man, that's my son. Oh, Farai. that's so cool. Yeah, man, and um, his oldest brother, my son Jeremiah, you know, was playing bingy. You know, and um, we have amazing. also. I, I, you know, other band members, um, Eric Toussaint, who, who plays with also Sun Dub, he joined us um, on the extended. Two of them play keys, but um, now for big up the whole tribe, because although we come from New Jerusalem, Brooklyn area, and we start to get them build this thing together, and you know, there's many branches, you know, um, of one tree. Yeah, you know, and like how it come together. I could have never planned that. Cause when Jack give I the mission, I say, "Oh, ooh, I go work this job work." Jack said, "No worry, we will send the people in time." You know, from basically drummy keys, gets you know, um, uh, brother Manuel Mendoza played bass with me and Obed on um, couple one this one this run we just did. Um, we have with singers Nishé, um, Jaqueta. Erica, Joanne, you know, sing with us on occasion. Um, we have Tony Bunch, John Mark, um, as I said, Black Circle Symphony, Rasu Jima, Brother Vassalon Drum, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, man. I don't know if I, if I was there, the whole tribe. And then you have other members extended sure. who've been with I and I, trumpet player, sing, you know, horns sure. and. and you know, so big up the tribe and love I genuinely and may we finish strong the works Jack Dewey, you know. Amazing. Do you happen to know uh, a bass player by the name of Nate Edgar? Yeah, man. Yeah, so I've known Nate since he was like 13. Um, he, really? he grew up in the same area that I did and he used to come into, we used to have a retail store, my family did and he used to come in all the time, so we watched him kind of progress from somebody that was kind of into music to being just, you know, uh, an amazing. He played for John Brown's Body for a while and um, has done some other stuff. So it's, um, have you guys ever got a chance to play together? 
I'm trying to remember if we did, but I think John Brown's body is the first time that I saw him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. It's possible we crossed paths into the vine and just, but um, yeah, man. I saw them at uh, was it the High Line in New York. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. All right. So last question, easiest question. We've got a, a live studio audience here. We got folks listening at home, and all of them are wondering, how do I learn about the tour? How can I follow them on social media? Do they have a website? So. Let's get some plugs out there. Is there a place for for people to follow you, to follow Judah Tribe, to find out the tour dates? What can you tell the good people out there? Yes, um, with Upon the Ground, my page is Josh David 424 where you can get all Judah Tribe and collab work. But um, also our booking, which is Irie by Creation, you can find that on the gram as well. You know, we're on Facebook. And we have a show coming up in Lake George, New York, on Saturday, August 26th, for Lake George Sumfest, you know? It's the Lake George version of the Roots Vibration, you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah, good. man. 826, if you're anywhere near the Lake George, New York area, or even if you're not, um, make make a plan to be there. Go check them out. You will not be disappointed. They are just such an amazing group. Um, good energy. It's it's not surprising to hear that you know a couple of the folks in the band were uh, you know family because you can just feel it. There was something special. Like I'm a huge music fan. I'm a huge huge fan of live music, and the kind of energy you guys had at that show was special, and the music was really really proper and and, and amazing. So. Uh, if you could see everybody here, they're they're on their feet. They're very excited about uh, the UFO stories and uh, the fact that you, you met Keanu Reeves and you know all all these other things. Uh, I, sincerely, I really want to thank you, Josh, for for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy and, and jumping on the show. And hopefully, you know, sometime in the next near future, you'll be back in the New England area and, and we'll come see you again. But I wanted to thank you for 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 coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Honor and appreciate love for having me. It's been a, a blessing and an honor, you know? Absolutely. Well, enjoy your time uh, and, and have a great show in uh, Lake George, New York. And everybody, go check out uh, Josh's page on Instagram, Josh David 424 is that correct? Yes, sir, Josh David 424 And a quick notice to those in Oregon, I'll be doing a show there with a band called Dub Rock, doing the Oregon Reggae Fest, um, August 18th, coming up. See you? Yeah. And at the, um, in San Diego, at the Music Box on August 20th. 20th. Yes. So if you're in the Cali area, come check me out. You can find all those things on with. Instagram, Josh David, 424. He's bi-coastal. If you want to see him in California, you can. Oregon, you can. New York, you can. Go see him wherever you need to see him. It's worth it. Again, uh, Josh David, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I hope you have an amazing night. You too, my brother. God bless. God bless.